Jane, Jane, I, I, I just passed the supermarket and it, it's frozen into a solid block of ice. Huh, I did think it was a little chilly out there. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, with wifey types, do have a bit of a catch-up about media we've consumed in the week, oh, and num, num. Tasty media. Do, do some silly voices and skits, and yeah. have just a silly little catch-up. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm a sleepy little bean. Oh, speaking of the yawn Yeah, I'm also a sleepy little bean. I've been, I've been busy with all, all sorts you of nonsense. You have so many plots and ploys and shenanigans. Yeah, i got, I got so many nonsenses schemes. going on, so many occurrences. Mm. Oh. Nothing you can talk about. No, it's Tell it's us about some things events. you can talk about. Oh, I, I can talk about things, things including... Things you played, perhaps. I mean, I've been playing one thing that by the time this goes up I'll be able to talk about. I've been playing that Lies of P. You Lies know. of P? Yeah. You mean the demo? Uh, no, the, the, the actual game. What? Yeah, I've had a review <laughs> copy of Lies of P for a, for a, for a, a little while now. Yeah. Uh, this is that Pinocchio Dark Souls... Yeah. Is the best way to pitch it. Um, Pin- Pinocchio, Bloodborne, kind of. Uh, Geppetto made puppets, which here more sort of means mechanical automatons. And then something went wrong, and now they're killing all of the humans, and they took control of a factory to make more of themselves. And you are Pinocchio, the puppet that will go save the day. And the thing that makes you special is puppets cannot lie, but you can lie. So you, you, you can, you're capable of doing a thing other puppets can't do. Um, and it's a Dark Souls. Yes. So there's a lot I like about this game. There was a really, like, pretty extensive demo for it that was released back in, I think, like, August. And that demo captures, like, a lot of the moments that I really like about this game. Mm -hmm. Um, that game has a really good sense of, like, style and identity. It captures its weird, um, slightly surreal pseudo Victorian era, dark steampunky, cops are robots and are evil, uh, little vibe it's got going on, uh, all comes together very well. I, I like a lot of its atmosphere. The first couple of bosses really sort of try to encourage, um, maybe even more so than dodging, um, using perfect blocks to sort of like perfectly block attacks. Oh no. Um, to, uh, well, see, the timing, th- right? Well, see, the thing—the thing I kind of like about it is it, it incentivizes the block. Um, in that, if you just hold the block button and block an incoming attack, mm-hmm. you'll take damage, but it won't be permanently taken damage. Okay, it's sort of like in Bloodborne, where if you take damage and then attack an enemy back, you can sort of gain that health back, and okay. sort of encouraging you to play aggressively. This sort of does that with with blocking. If you stay in close uh, and block, you lose a bit of temporary health, but then you can sort of earn it back by by attacking. Mm. It encourages you to sort of stay in close, play aggressively, and if you do manage to time the block perfectly, none, no temporary damage taken. Nice. Really good. The dodge was a little off in the um, the demo. It feels a bit better to do the dodge now. My problem. With this game, uh, I've got a couple of problems with it. Um, Is it that one boss that you spent like three hours trying to beat? It's it's not even that necessarily. But f- first I'll say, 
I don't usually play dex builds in these kind of games. I don't usually play dexterity. And I thought, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm going to give it a try this time. And I was really enjoying the starting dex weapon. And then, like, ten hours in, I still hadn't found another dex weapon. Oh, dear. Um, this game, like, is really bad at giving you, like, a variety of weapons to play around with in the early game. And particularly, it seems to be really bad with dex. Like, dexterity... Until you get far enough in to find... Like, the first, like, good alternative dex weapon from the starting weapon I found was... I had to find the NPC that would let me trade in boss souls. And until then, I had, like, no good secondary option. And it made me feel really like... Like I was being very much punished for having committed to one of the three starting builds. Um, it, It really doesn't feel like you have a good opportunity to go, I'm gonna... I'm... It doesn't, and like, as a dex build, I didn't get given a strength weapon early on enough to go, oh, I'll also put some levels into strength to, like, try that out and see which I prefer. It's like, no, you pick dex, you're going to be dex for, like, the next ten plus hours. Hmm. Um, Beyond that, the game has some difficulty spikes, and I don't mind that in a game like this, but I'm a little frustrated with the way that it handles those difficulties spikes because those first couple of bosses really incentivize perfect perfect blocks uh-huh. and i usually don't like perfect block um style gameplay in these kind of games but i really enjoyed that and then you get maybe like three four bosses in and you start getting bosses that have deliberately really fucking misleading timings to punish you for oh. trying to do t- perfect blocks okay oh and it's a real shame because i was really enjoying like the this this attack, if you don't perfect block it right, it's gonna really fuck you up. But the telegraph is really clear, and the timing is really clear, and, like, if you want to go for it, you can learn the timing, and you will be rewarded for that. Hmm. And then it starts going, haha, fuck you, we, we're deliberately tripping you up so that you're punished for trying to do that thing that you spent the first 10, 15 hours learning to be good at. Like, it feels like it's actively punishing you for, like, having put the time in to develop a certain skill. Ugh. And it's weird. Um, so I then, like... And, and there's a few times where I feel like the bosses are just... They just throw things at you to... Uh, uh, how do I even put this? A good example. Not that... Uh, the boss that I was stuck on when, we, when I was playing when you uh-huh. were in the living room. The thing that's frustrating about that boss is it has an attack that covers all of the floor on in fire, unless you can get to a hiding place in time. Uh-huh. And if you don't get to a hiding place in time, you are going to start taking very rapid like damage over time, yeah. uh, ongoing damage. The problem is, uh, there is no shopkeeper at that point in the game that I could find that sells the item that will like cure you of being having the fire status effect on you. Mm. And there is no enemy that is like a clear one you can you can like farm that item from. Right. And that meant that once I ran out of that item to like mitigate that problem, suddenly it's like, oh, if that if that effect hits me, I'm just I've just lost all my health. There's nothing I can do about it. Right. Um there's just like weird little things like that where it's like overly punishing in ways that don't feel like there's anything you can do to mitigate them as a player. Right. Like, I can see the wind-up for that the whole floor is going to be covered in fire attack, and if I notice that wind-up, like, if that wind-up starts and I'm near the the enemy because I've been poking and stabbing Uh them, and I am just physically too far away from the hiding place to get there in time, 
There's not really much I can do. I started running as soon as the the wind up started. It was already too late. I'm already gonna take that big damage. Right. Like there's little things like that that don't feel satisfying, mm. and it's a shame because ninety percent of the time I'm playing this, it feels really polished, really well put together, um, creative. It it it. Ninety percent of the time, I'm really enjoying it until I hit a point where I'm just. It's not even that I'm not enjoying it moment to moment. It's that. It feels like progression is ch- is is being held away cheaply, right? And that no matter what amount of learned skill I'm putting in, it's like yeah, but if that one bullshit thing happens, like your whole attempt's done. Sorry about that. Oh. Um, in a way that like it puts a real struggle on like feeling like you're progressing, right? And it's not enough that I think this game is bad, but I think that. It is a game that I definitely have to rec- recommend with, like, a knowing caveat of, like, if you're the kind of person who will get, like, six hours into trying to fight one slightly bullshit boss um, and be okay with that, maybe this is a game that's worth trying if you like this sort of game. If if that's going to annoy you, there are there are better Souls, Souls games that will be less infuriating. On the frustration level, where would you say this ranks compared to something like, say, Sekiro, which I heard here had some pretty bullshit bosses? Um, it's it's tricky to to compare them. They're, they're both similar in that sometimes there will be a like just one gimmick in a fight that feels unfair. Like oh. this fight generally feels like a fair fight, except for that one thing you do that I that if you took this out, it would still be a challenge, but it'd be one that I'd feel like I was in control of. Right. So, yeah, Lies of P, I wish it was an easier recommend. Um, the dev was more skill-based than just, ah, yes, you've decided to do big hits in a way that I can't do anything about. It, it's just, I, I wish that, I wish that they would sometimes avoid mechanics that feel like there is very little way to react to them. Yeah. Um, or to reliably react to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not like, oh, the boss was in the wrong place when it did that wind-up, guess I'm fucked. Um, what about you? What have you been playing this week? Um, well, not necessarily this week, but there was one I put on the list last week and then completely forgot to mention. Uh, a game called Mindustry, or Mindustry. Okay. It's a, a it appears to have originally been a, a mobile game. It tries to capture, like, you sort of, um, Factorio, um, with uh, conveyor belts and things like that and but also being quite like a, a pixel arty tower defensey hmm. resource gathering rts but it seems to like be in in several parts so you've got like a planet or there's actually two planets um either in the mobile game or in the pc version which <laughs> was very cheap recently honestly it does feel like a mobile game on pc but you've you've it feels like the first part is all, okay, learn how to do build basic defences, how to gather certain basic resources, and then you're going to have like a number of waves attacking your base, and at the, end of the, at the end of that, you have access to the whole map, and you can now go and get resources pretty much however you want, mm. which is good. Uh, although it doesn't sort of telegraph if at any point there's a chance that your bases are going to be, like, re-attacked at some point. Mm. Which makes it a bit difficult to say, well, did, how do I go about this now? Because I've got free access to the whole level, but 
if I tear down all my defences and start, you know, feeding masses of conveyor belts to make sure I have a supply of XYZ yeah. particular uh, item, is that necessarily the best idea or not? It's uh, it's a bit hard to tell with that sort of thing. Um, but there's also this whole concept of your lifting your entire base off and moving to the next area when, when that comes. Okay. But you can only take so many resources with you depending on how far upgraded you've got your base. Okay. So it's like you're taking a limited thing, but also what you're taking is potentially quite a lot of the resources that you've only just acquired, like new things. You don't necessarily mm. have a second or third way of preparing these at some other location. Yeah. Things like um, certain types of glass, silicon and, and graphite, uh, graph uh, graphene are particularly annoying to, to have to keep making, but mainly that's because it doesn't have the intricacy of something like uh, Factorio. Yeah. So you can't always necessarily control the way belts are moving. Or, or the, the like the precise angle, you'll get a thing that will move you like over the top of something else. But before you know it, that's now distributing to like everything that is passing by it. You have to be careful about having belts mm. passing by more than one side of, of a thing, because although it might be feeding stuff in, if it's also designed oh, it might to be pull it out at the other end, yeah. So you don't have, like, a a thing go in, thing go out. You have to, like, make sure you've given yourself an extra block of space. Yeah, no, that's that's weird. Yeah. And you don't have, like, an underpass, but you do have a bridge thing. But the problem is the bridge thing, when it drops out the other side, it shoots blocks in whichever of four directions. So you can't have something directly next to it that is also feeding in. Which is difficult when you start to get buildings that are like, okay, this needs three things... To be fed into mm. it to make a particular output of a certain type. And it gets a little bit faffy trying to work out designs for that. Yeah. The resuming grace of that is that it does let you save scrim schematics. So if there is something you are building, like, especially things like, um, uh, the pyrite mixer, which requires like three different, uh, items to be like shoved into the, the thing and then it will have one output. Yeah. Um, the, like, just going, oh yeah, I designed a thing and it works and it was a faff to organise in the first place, but it's okay, I can just, like, highlight it, copy it, save it to schematics, and then yeah. just, like, just pull it out later on. Um, and that's quite nice. I, I, I have enjoyed that. Pro- progress, you know, reasonably far through it. I don't know how far, how, how much there is overall, but there is, does seem to be like a whole, you're claiming this planet and, encountering um, other people who seem to be doing the same thing. I don't know if they're supposed to be aliens, but they seem to have all the same ships and stuff as you, but they have access to it way earlier than you do. So Okay. And there's like a whole unlocking a tech tree thing, and as you go along, you'll be like, ah, yes, I've now found titanium, which means I can grab a load of titanium and start using it to get, like, upgraded conveyor belts or whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's it's... An, a nice low energy version of a lot of that sort of base building cave uh, resource movement yeah conveyance logistics I guess is, is the word I'm looking for there um yeah I think it does that quite well and, and a nice cheap little package and there there are two worlds I've done like I think maybe half of the first one I could be wrong um apparently like the the second world is Overall harder, but generally considered to be more balanced as it's 
not the one they were just throwing content in as they yeah. produced more of the game. So it's it, some levels can be a bit swingy compared to others. That... It's like this was very much harder than the last one, or not? Yeah, yeah, enjoying it so far, and yeah, it was a good price for it. I think it was like under four quid. Nice. Not bad. What about you? What have you been playing? Um, I've been playing Halls of Torment, which what? I don't think I'd talked about on this show uh, last time we recorded. Well, I think you did. Yeah, so this is one you've talked about before. It's one of those uh, vampire derivers. Yeah. Uh, this one, the big difference is, is that you're not picking up, like, multiple weapons. You have, like, your one character-specific weapon that you start with, and you're largely, when you level up, leveling up that one weapon and its stats... But you can kind of get other weapons in the form of like these scrolls that you get for defeating the mini bosses for the the, the bosses that show up, mm-hmm. or sometimes scattered around the yes. level. And those are like magic weapons that you can have up to six of. Yeah. So you could you could in theory have up to seven weapons at once, but it's not designed to be like you're doing that every run in the way that Vampire Survivors like having your full complement of six weapons and accessories is. Yeah, and also you don't get that many options to get those um, scrolls so if you go for six you're probably not necessarily going to be upgrading the ones you've already got to the best of their abilities because once you've upgraded one of those um, like once, scroll weapons yeah. at you've least three times, three times yeah. there is a chance that there will be like upgrades for a thing you've already got to make it yes. more powerful. Like uh, there's one that just throws out like a whole mess of little floating like shuriken. Yep, all the sort of stars up and down. Yeah, and if you like get one of the um, power ups for it, it's something along the lines of like they will start to like occasionally. Sp- spit out extra ones themselves. Yeah, like the So st- overall there's yeah. more coverage. Yeah, it's um it's really fun. I've been enjoying it a lot. It's got that vampire survivors-esque thing of there is a difficulty curve mm-hmm. where like at first you are gonna be doing the same one level over and over, trying to like get over that hurdle to start getting those like serious unlocks going mm-hmm. and feeling a bit more competent. But mm. um yeah, I've been enjoying some of the characters I've unlocked. Uh, I now have... I've got sort of sword-stabby melee character. Uh-huh. I've got the archer. I've got the um, exterminator. exterminator with the flamethrower, who I really enjoy. Yeah. I've got the cleric, who is <laughs> uh, the glass cannon shotgun of a character oh, with, yes. uh, with regen, which is interesting. Um, I like the whole thing of, like... Being able to get treasure chests that have gear that you can equip to your character and then being able to send stuff up the well mm-hmm. to eventually purchase it to have in your starting loadouts. That whole thing of like, do I keep this on me to have this run be better or do I send it back so that I can yes. buy it later and have that as, yes. as a starting Doing item? the thing where you're like 20 plus minutes into a run and you kind of just hang out near the well doing your <laughs> combat so that you're like, I will hang on to this for as long as I can but also, if it looks like I'm about to die, just go touch the well and send it. <laughs> just send it at the last second. Yep. Um, yeah, I I'm having a good time with it. It it definitely str- it, it definitely shows up better on stream than Vampire Survivors in terms yes. of uh, playing nice with Twitch bitrate. I don't know if it would be the same necessarily in agony mode, but like in in like the standard play modes, I think it does very well. Like my chat seemed very happy with it when we yeah when I the first time we we played. It's uh, it's fun. It's been nice to have another good 
vampire drivers in my mm. in my rotation. I th- I think it scratches that itch perfectly because like the number of them that like you'll you'll have like your first run be fifteen minutes long. And it's like, mm, that's that's not quite the thing. I need the one where I last maybe three minutes, but also I constantly feel like I'm making progress. Yeah, and a lot of them don't seem to quite capture uh, that. I think this does yeah. really good. It's 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 up there with. I think the only other one that's like caught me quite as much is Bone Razor Minions. Mm. Bone Razor Minions is good. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have another good one of these in rotation. Yeah. What about you? What you been playing this week? Ooh, uh, we played some more of the Hogs of War miniatures game. We did. We did. Uh, so, yeah, we've now done a good few... I don't think we talked about this last week. I, I don't think we did help. last week, but we've talked about this game before. It's a sort of war... It's a war game, but your little pig armies. Yeah, so originally this derives from a uh, PS1 game of... Yes. What if worms but 3D and instead of worms it's pigs? Yes. And uh, the the concept was picked up by um, Stone Sword Games as a, we'll like it, like it, make it like a proper tabletop war game with like cut down. It's not going to be like full. Some of those war games that are like yeah. ridiculous. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's a tough teach and it's quite heavy going, but overall, very much enjoying it so far. Like, we haven't even finished playing through the campaign book and yeah, we've been, we've been at it a little while now. Yeah. We are we we the last two missions we've done are the one where basically planes are free and you have yes. to keep deploying them constantly. But for every plane that gets shot down, they are you, your opponent will score a point. And if your uh, opponent's landing stri- or uh, airstrip takes uh, any damage or or is destroyed, it can't be rebuilt and it's going to cost a fortune. And if at any point you cannot build another plane. Then it is automatically game over for you. Yeah. And it was a nice way because very often you don't get to engage with all of the core units in yeah. the game. And there is so much in that box. Like you've got, um, like three types of tanks. Yeah. You've got, um, four. Is it, uh, no, it's, is it six? I think it might actually be six. Five, five, no, no, it's five, um, units because you've got the engineers, the orderlies, the grunts, <laughs> yes. the snipers, the, Bo- uh, bombardier. Yeah. Then you've got the uh, the three vehicles, which are the the actual tank, the aqua tank, and the armored car. Yes. Then you've got two planes. Yeah. And an airship mini. And the airship is the the other one that we played. That was this weekend. Yeah. And that whole mechanic is rather than buying an like paying for an individual unit, you are paying for cards. Which can yes. either be like the front of the airship, the back, or, or bits in the middle. As many bits in the middle as you like. So you can like drag out when you're going to deploy your airship, but yes. it's going to it's going to costing you more and more money, and it's going to be able to do more things and survive more hits, but it's going to take you longer to get it up and running. Oh yes, and your ground units are probably going to suffer because you've invested less money in them because you're investing in the absolutely because those bits are not cheap. No, they're not. They're not. Um. So, like, this one, rather than being, like, the, the aeroplane one, where it was like, cool, we're, we're finally going to get to really dig into aeroplanes, and they have this whole weird mechanic about how they move. Like, you have to, like, specifically set them to turn left or right, and you can't sort of go directly from left to right, or vice versa. Mm. You have to, like, have at least one round of centre, and you can only go one up or down one speed setting. Yeah. But at different speed settings, like, if you're going too fast or too slow, there's a potential of stalling, so you're rolling damage dice against yourself. 
but at certain speeds you can't do a bombing run because you're going too fast, or you're uh, losing accuracy because you're moving too fast, so you have to roll less dice when you're doing your uh, normal attacks. But the, this game also has all these fascinating things with um, upgrades for the, all the different units. So it's like, okay, well, I've got all of these different upgrades. Some of them specifically apply to a particular class, but yeah. some of them are like for specialists only or for for like ground or air vehicles specifically. Yeah. Um, the airships were fascinating. Yeah. Because you built like a four length one and a three length one and I built yeah. one seven length one. Yes. So I built one that was, uh, it wasn't the minimum size it could be, but it was the minimum size where I would get some victory points for having built it at least a certain size. Yeah. Um, and I went for, like, getting it out as quick as possible, because the sooner it was out, the sooner I was allowed to point score. And I yes. sort of pushed aggressively on the ground level to be, like, earning points in the centre while you built your big ship. Yes. Uh, and then I fucked up and misunderstood something, and you took out my airship. But then I was like, I'm going to get my airship, uh, like, the smallest airship possible, get it back in the air, and try and, like, use, gr like, ground units, particularly those aqua tanks. To like blow your uh, my my aim was to try and blow your airship out out the air before the fact I'd made a small airship uh, came into effect, mm. uh, and it was very close to the wire. Oh yes, you won, but I I very almost took it with my several times. That game swung wildly in different directions. Like there was yeah. one where I'd like had a because I decided not to take the free um air airship building at the start of the game, thinking, well, that means I've got more income, because I'm not losing two income per, per turn yeah. in order to fund it, which means I can build, like, a nice, stolid ground crew, and I'll set myself up nicely, and I did! And I took the centre, and I was all ready, and I was like, okay, time to start moving on, and you got a, a trenches down, which meant you were able to forward deploy, yes. and you just started banging out troops, wiped all but three people off of the map for me, yeah. and I was like, ah... Uh, I, I'm fucked, I'm completely fucked, and I took one extra turn of just like, I'm just gonna put some more people out, I, I'm not gonna deploy my airship yet, I'm gonna save the money, and I'm gonna build some more firepower in power into it, and I, I'm gonna risk it. Yeah, I, I didn't click that if you had multiple weapons on your airship it could fire all of them in the same turn, and I didn't, uh, I didn't register the, um... I crash into you with my airship, I auto-destroy your airship. Yeah, uh, only with component. that one particular component. Yes, I had... My brain just hadn't taken that that in, that that was a possibility, and you, you just touched me and were like, yeah, you're dead. I was like, oh, oh, fuck. Yep, I'm going to do my range one thing, I'm going to just poke you with my my little needle on the front of of, of my airship. I course corrected. I yes. I got a plan together. Yeah, you you recovered way way more quickly and I was like, well, if this game runs much longer, I think I'm fucked. Cuz you were already ahead on points cuz yes. you started being able to score points way earlier. Well, than my me. main thing was I wanted to like hold the center long enough that if I destroyed your airship once, it would give me enough points to win in one yeah. go. That was my point. Is If I got over, say, six points, I think it was, on, on the meter, uh -huh. I'm only going to have to destroy one airship from you oh, when yes. I win. At which point I was like, deploy all of my aqua tanks, which have their really good roll four blue dice against the airship. Uh -huh. um, 
dealing a lot of fire to you, so I was rolling exponentially more damage dice. Yeah, that was really concerning for both of us, I think. there was Because I kept rolling fire against you, which meant that all I was doing was getting to roll more grey dice against you yeah. in the next round, but everything that kept coming out was just more fire. Yeah. I was like, I need to actually start doing some damage to you, please. Uh, but eventually that was exponential enough to actually take you down. But yeah. Yeah, that was a really fun game, and I'm I'm glad we got to engage with that whole airship mechanic. And um, as much as I am looking forward to the last couple of uh, campaigns in this booklet, I am also kind of looking forward to like we'll just sit there and yeah. go, let's design a map for ourselves and and stuff. I think out. that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I mean, I certainly enjoy this game enough that I did spend like a couple of days building a new insert for it. Yeah. So that we could fit all of the things, except for the neoprene mat, in the box. Yeah. Because it came with deluxe, I got the deluxe components for it, and it's just like, it's an extra box. What if we didn't have to deal with an extra <laughs> box? So I took everything I learned from building that Spirit Island insert, and faffed about building one for this. And I think it works. I think it works yeah, I think Yeah, I think you're getting real good at making your own little custom inserts. Mm. Yeah, maybe Barrage next, because that's a, also a real faff to set up. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What else have you played? I mean, the only other thing I've been playing that I can talk about, and I've not been playing a lot of it, is I've started replaying Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Why would you suddenly be back into this? Uh, yeah, so we're recording this on Tuesday, and at, like, 2am UK tonight, uh, the first wave of DLC for Scarlet and Violet releases... Oh, the Teal Mask, I believe it's called, uh, which had some new Pokemon and a bunch of returning old ones and some new narrative and legendary stuff and a new area. Some cool stuff. Yeah. And I was like, ah, first of all, I'm excited. I want to get back in the Pokemon, you know, mood. Mm-hmm. But also, it's been a while since I've shiny hunted in this game. And I was like, I want to I want to remind myself of how to shiny hunt because there's going to be a handful of new things to shiny hunt. But also, I want to do some raids to try and get some Herba Mystica, which are one of the sandwich ingredients you need to do good shiny hunting. So, I did a couple of shiny hunts. I made sandwiches off of memory. I was like, I think I remember how to make a, sh- a sandwich that's going to give me boosted shiny odds. Don't remember what type of what uh, element type this is going to give me shiny odds for, but we'll find out when I make the sandwich. Uh, I did a couple of little shiny hunts and that went fine. Yeah. And now I'm basically just doing a bunch of... Um, a bunch of raids of Pokemon that have like higher than average Herba Mystica drop rates. But the problem is that uh, this this game's like jumping into a random raid online is just oh. not very good. Oh dear. Um and it never has been. The whole deal is you you connect online uh and you are shown eight random raids of random Pokemon from around the world. Right. You can't say I want to look for raids of people raiding this specific Pokemon. It's just his eight random raids. Are it's any not of... about the Pokemon, yeah. it's about the having fun with strangers. Are any of them a Pokemon you're looking to do raids against? Um, no? Well, uh, you can't hit refresh and see a new eight raids for about two minutes. Uh-huh. You've got to about, uh, wait for about two minutes before you're allowed to hit F5 and refresh the list to see eight more raids that might... And, and even then, it's not even eight, like, original Pokemon. It's usually going to be something like, okay... Um, three of those eight slots are taken up by whatever the the special event raid of the moment is. So, like, at the moment, three of them are Mewtwo raids, and I'm like, yeah, but I don't need a Mewtwo raid. Can can I opt out of seeing those in the random list mm. and just see eight other things? It's like, nope, no, 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 you need to... Yep. 
you need to do our slow random process. And then even then when one shows up that you do want to do, half the time you click on it, it's like, no, it's already full. Because we showed this to a bunch of people and three people clicked it already. That's what everyone else was waiting for as yeah. well. Well, that's the problem is the one that the one that everyone wants to do shows up and then it's like... Yeah, let's let's all do it. Sunny D, all right. Yeah, so that's that's a shame. But I've been hanging out in some discords of people hosting raids to try and find some Herba Mystica raids it's because coming. I know that once that that DLC drops tomorrow, everyone's going to be looking for Herba Mystica raids again, and it's going to be chaotic trying to find any. So yeah, what about you? You been playing anything else this uh, week? Play one other thing. Uh, so on the recommendation of, I think it was placing his back on 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 my streams. Um, I started playing Signalis, which is a oh, uh, like early three D fixed camera style um survival horror. Yeah, this is the one in the sort of spaceship um t- sort of environment. Very dark. It's very dark. I think it's an underground prison, or uh, it might just be a metaphor. I don't know. Yes, female playable character. Yeah, you're yes. sort of you're sort of a a robot android type thing. And your um, companion, the other person on the ship, has vanished. So you go out into the snow to look for them. But then you find a big hole in the ground. And you climb down the big hole in the ground. And there's a hole in the hole. So you go through the hole into the hole. And you wander around like kind of a... Looks like some kind of weird prison colony. Mm, yes. Um, and then there's a, another hole to jump through and... Layers and layers of depth. Um, the one of the holes gave me real Silent Hill Four vibes. Yeah. Like the first time you go through the the um the hole in the laundry room, I think it is, or the bathroom, mm. and it's just like, mm, yeah, okay. Um, the the world this seems to exist in is frankly horrible. Like yeah, no, and and I I feel like some of it's trying to play into the whole gaminess of it, and and certainly the like um. 90s, 2000s, early 3D video gameness of yeah. it. Of, mm, no one should be carrying more than six items because mm. that's uh, I was that's g- very the, the, that well that implies personal property and you you shouldn't need more property than that. So here's the thing: um, it used to be even worse the carrying capacity. What it is now is after the developer apologized, but was like and and updated it, but was like. Yeah, but that is my vision, though. You shouldn't be able to carry fucking anything. You should have to put things down and go ferry back and get them. It's like, yeah, but that's just not convenient. Uh, yeah. <sighs> um, I mean, it's it, the, the six seems fine. I've only been marginally inconvenienced by it. Um, save rooms aren't super far away. I think my main problem I'm going to find is, like, how I will want to go about things. Because obviously, you've got your gun. Yes. And then you've got ammo for the gun. Yes. Because you want to carry some spare ammo for the gun, right? Yes. Then you've got the, uh, then, then you've got, um, the single melee weapon, which are fucking disposable electro batons. Yes. <laughs> I have not used one yet, but what, what future is this that you're just like, yeah, that was it, that was enough? I mean, look, we're currently living in the world where, like, people will use disposable vapes once. I know, that disgusts like, me. Yeah, it really disposable uh, taser batons don't feel that far fetched. I guess um, the the enemies are sinister in a like classic cartoon kind of way. Mm. In that ah yes, 
I walked past this body earlier and it was completely inert. Now it has slightly moved and is has a weird glitching slightly to its texture. I know you're going to come launch at me as soon as I walk past. Yeah, but it hasn't done it yet, though. Yeah, but I know you're gonna. I know you have become active. And it's like that whole, I can see which part of this scene is going to move because it's a very different, slightly different colour. But also, that doesn't stop it being any more sinister because I know this thing is going to fucking launch at me with a, a, usually a cleaver. And occasionally I'll walk past one and they're, 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 there's like one in the kitchen that's just chopping the same random bit of meat while there's some weird intestine thing breathing in the in the sink. And it's like, this is most peculiar. Hmm. Um, from what I can see, most people seem to be able to finish it in about 20 hours, so... Um, yeah, I will, I will keep going. I have done and stream on it. I will do probably some more. I'll, I'll come back to it this week. But yeah, enjoying it so far. It's giving me a chance to practice my German. Because mm. a lot of the, the things are written in German. Um, so it's been like, yay, I'm learning things. And also trying to work them out for myself occasionally. So apologies to anyone in chat who's been like, mm, your pronunciation's a bit shit. There you go. Uh, yeah, really enjoying Signalis so far, and um, yeah, it's it's very reasonably priced for a for a, a, a modern game that seems to have that level of polish to it, and very much captures that whole um, uh, sort of early three D survival horror. Yeah. Even though it was kind enough to be like, hey, you can have tank controls, but you <laughs> don't have to. <laughs> and I naturally said, fuck off, tank controls. They are the worst. I hated them at the time, and I hate them now. Uh, what have you? You played anything else? No, that's it for stuff I can talk about having played this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Oh, if you, I don't know if you've seen this. You've seen this? There's oh, um, there's a, a, a art exhibition going on. Um, they're doing a, a video game and uh, famous artists uh, exhibition. Ooh, okay. uh, I saw I saw the main headline one. They got uh, right. Pokemon, Pokemon and Van Gogh. Oh, Poke Van Gogh. Yeah, Poke Van Gogh. But I got the I got the little uh, list here of some of the other mm-hmm, uh, things mm-hmm, they got going mm-hmm, on. Let's mm-hmm. see what well, what else they got showing. They've got a uh, Picasso style Katamari Damacy. Oh yeah, so it's just like a lot of cans of soup rolled up together. Yeah, just sort of very you know mushed in together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a we got Salvador Dali guitar hero. I love how that apple is sort of playing a good melting guitar. That's that guitar sure is melting abstractly. Yeah. Um, we've got Rembrandt Ratchet and Clank. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty nuts and bolts. Um, oh, oh, and the uh, the the the, the piece de resistance. Mm-hmm. Andy Gears of Warhol. The the, the those chain, men are, the those... chainsaw. They're big. They're burly. They're in. Panels of different colours. That that man is very angry at that can of soup. <laughs> Soon my plan to take over the world and replace all everybody's minds with pudding will be complete. <laughs> Not so fast. Who? Oh, hang on, let me get my glasses. You're... What... What do you think you're doing here? Isn't it past your bedtime? No, it's me, Super Kid, and I'm here to stop you. You're 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 here to stop me. Yes. What are you? What are you? Seven. Seven and three quarters. 
Right, yeah, and uh, how did you even get into my secret lair? I'm about to turn all the adults' minds into pudding. <laughs> I, um, well, I mean, super strength definitely helped. Su- su- super strength? Yes, I, I, I kicked the door down and the door may have, you know, knocked over a series of people. I know they're still really steel reinforced, but I just sort of gave it a tap. Yeah, and that that's that smoking hole in the wall over yes. there in the shape of a yes, door. Yes, it is. And all my guards looking very groggy. Yes. But in no way seriously injured somehow. In no way seriously injured. Mm. Well, oh, you'll never stop out. me. All I have to do is flick this switch, which I will no. do. No! Uh, oh, no! Oh, wow, you are really, no. really rather... Oh, no! Oh, oh, stop ow, it! Oh, oh, that, oh, that's terribly sore. Stop! I can't even swear I'm so cross. Oh! No, that'll be the uh, anti-profanity powers. Oh, Curse I... you, super kids! May I suggest fiddlesticks? It works quite well. Clemony! Oh, I guess I'm going to prison now. Foiled again, drat and dagnamit. Oh no, you're not going to prison. I've got laser eyes. Fiddlesticks. <laughs> so, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? What have you looked at? Well, in terms of stuff I can talk about having watched, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. support the WGA strikes and the SAG after strikes. Um, I've been continuing to chip away at uh, One Piece a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, not been making hugely fast progress on on that because uh, getting getting through One Piece. Uh, it, I've had other things going on that have gotten in the way, but I think I've met most of the like initial cast of characters that are going to be the 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 main straw crew hat, for a little eh? bit. Yeah, the Straw Hats. I know there's at least a couple more characters at some point coming. But I think this is our little like starting group, um, mm. and I really like them. I really, I really enjoy this. It. I I talked. I think when when I was first talking about having started watching the One Piece anime about the fact that it it has the vibe of a D and D campaign, and I feel like that's accurate. But the more of it I've watched, the more I feel like it feels like a D and D campaign that's like. The group kind of knows they want this to be, like, their group's campaign for the next, like, ten years. And they're in no rush to, like, find out what the main plot is and get there. They're they're doing the, like, we're going to start with a little character arc about you, and then we're going to do an arc that's, like, your sort of introductory arc, and we're going to do an arc that's sort of your introductory arc, Mm. and then we're going to start, like, introducing some of the world. And it feels like it's a bunch of strung-together... Not one-shots, but, like, little little mini-campaigns that are like, hey, for the next, like, two months, this is going to be our little campaign, mm. and then we'll sort of wrap that up and we'll take a couple of weeks to uh, to rest and for the DM to uh, work out where they're, what they're doing next, and then here's our next little arc. And it feels like it's really built out of these, like, little self-contained stories that are designed to be consumed as their own little chunks of adventure. Yeah. And... That has made the prospect of a thousand episodes of this less overwhelming. Yeah. In that it does lend itself to being, hey, here's just like another 10 to 15 episode, like little mini arc. Mm. And like you're going to have a natural conclusion and a natural place where you could rest here and not feel like you're stopping in the middle of something. And then we're going to tell another little story. And it's. I'm, I'm digging it so far. Mm. I. 
I am maybe, I think, like 50-ish episodes in. I mean, and... that's a healthy number of episodes to yeah, be Yeah, that's like a 20th of the way through One Piece, and um, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you watched this week? Uh, it's not been a very heavy watch as far as of things I can talk about, yeah. uh, but I watched uh, a 50-minute documentary, I guess, uh, called uh, The Rise and Fall of the Clock Tower Franchise on the uh, Tango Mushi channel on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is the, um, I guess, early survival horror that started point and click and then went 3D and then mm, got less good as it went along. It seems like, as far as I can tell, the first one was the best one, uh. generally speaking. Although one would have to look for a decent fan translation because I don't know if the first one ever officially came here. Mm. Um it was it. It's a, a franchise I've like seen screenshots from a lot with the whole scissor man chasing a, a child around a mansion. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah, it was like nice to get a like a bit more understanding about the franchise as a whole because it seems like a, a really interesting series that I've just never got round to trying any of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I, it was. It was a good pulling apart. It was a, a an interesting look at. The series as a whole, and in, including that, and it managed to cover that whole thing of, yeah, I'm definitely not going to play that third one, uh, but <laughs> it was interesting to know that yeah. how how plot do and and how things were wrapped up and moved up, even mm. though the original creator like left after the second one, feeling that the story they wanted to tell had been told. Ah, uh, one of even those. though that was a financial failure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, have you watched anything else? Uh, I watched a couple of things I can mention. Oh, um, I watched I Won a Race with Blind Driver Ass- a Drive Assist by Steve Saylor on YouTube. Oh, is that with you? Yeah, so this is uh, about a Forza Motorsport uh, feature or set of features that's coming uh, to, to that game when it releases in October. This is one of those like technical sim racer type games. Mm-hmm. Um, you're sort of Gran Turismo style. I'm going to tweak the torque and like swap out my wheels to something with X amount more grip and one of those, um, but it's got a, a bunch proper of, simulator. Yeah, but it's got a bunch of really promising accessibility stuff. Um, like some of it is stuff that like I'm really like glad to see them putting in a in a sim racing game, such as the rewind feature from Forza Horizons, the Ooh. more arcadey one, where you can hold down the Y button for a few seconds to just rewind your race and start from a few seconds back mm. and that there's no punishment for doing that which nice. as someone who's like inconsistent in uh, coordination fucking love that okay. uh, but this video was largely about Steve Saylor who is a uh, blind gamer uh, playing around with these new blind driving assists that use uh, a bunch of audio cues to uh, tell you uh, what turns are coming up where you are in the road how steep the turn is how you are positioned on the track how, whether you're sort of entering the turn at the apex or leaving the turn. Mm. And it was a really interesting video from the perspective of, much like racing sims themselves, it was a little overwhelming for him initially because there was just so much happening. Yeah, because you've got, like, game music and, like, the vehicle audio, and then you've got all the assist audio over the top of that. Yes, and he, he initially was just, like, everything on, everything at full, and was like, this is a lot. Um, and then, like, toned it back a bit and, like, p- picked and chose and tweaked some things around and was like, yeah, this is this is a super helpful, super interesting feature. He now was able- I want to win. Yeah, and he managed to come first place in a, in a race. And, yeah, it, it's interesting 
the the ex- this excess this set of accessibility features seems really robust, but it seems like it's going to have a similar uh, a curve to to getting into it as the technical aspects of the racing sim itself, mm. and that is an interesting symmetry, and I think it is a really good example of that thing that we talk about that accessibility doesn't always mean make thing easier. Yes, and that you can have a game that is all about. We're going to give you every fucking tool in the toolbox, and we don't care if it's a little overwhelming. Mm. We're g- like, if you play around and like commit to playing around with our toolset, you are going to find options that work for you. Yeah. Um, and having like being like, hey, it's okay to have that same approach, but with a toolset that's designed for a group with this disability. Mm. And I'm like, that's interesting, and I'm super curious about it. Um. So yeah, that was a that was a neat video. I yeah. recommend going and watching it. I really liked how he was talking uh, towards the end about how like this isn't going to win you the game. Just yeah, by, it, this isn't going to tell you exactly what you need to do, but it is going to give you the tools yeah. to be able to distinguish what you need to be doing when you like when you need to think about breaking, even yeah. if you're not. You know, you don't have to take that if you're going to try and do things like overtaking and stuff. Yeah, how you can work with that and and like beyond level. I guess it's equity rather than um, uh, is it equality? I don't know. Yeah, so it yeah. feels more equity based. Yeah, like I, the way the way he put it that I think works well is initially he was using those tools and trying to do exactly what they were telling him to do mm. before having that moment of clicking and going. This is telling me like on paper. This is like. The idea, like, this is supposedly the ideal information. This is the, like, run of the mill, on paper, this is what you should do. Mm. But much like a sighted uh, player would, uh, will sometimes, you know, ignore the driving line and take a corner mm-hmm. a bit close and go, I think I can handle not spinning out doing that. I think I can make it work. Yeah. It's finding those moments of, this is telling me what the, what all that information is. I think I know better. I'm gonna, mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that information to make the, the to make the uh, the risky choice. Yeah, and also with things like a driving line, it's not gonna tell you where the best position is to overtake because no. that's not really what it's for. No, the driving line is in perfect conditions on a road just by yourself. This would be on paper what to do, but you know, this is a race. You gotta, you gotta make your own path. Yeah. You gotta go for it. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and the other one I watched, um, that you were, I, I think you were around for most of the, or some of this, was, um, an old digital foundry video from about two years ago called, Can 4K DLSS Really Work on the Next Gen Switch? Um, this is about a two-year-old video about how DLSS upscaling technology works and worked at the time, mm. and what its limitations are, and on something, you know... The tech that was available at the time, could a reasonably priced mobile device use upscaling to get the kind of performance increase that people were, at the time, theorising would come from a Switch successor? Mm. And given that a bunch of rumours about Switch successor stuff have been coming out from very credible outlets that line up, not even line up with what Digital Foundry was looking at two years ago, considerably surpass what they were looking at two years ago... It was a nice look back on how that tech works and, like, a couple of years ago, where where were we at with what the Switch 2 might end up looking like? Mm. It was a nice little glimpse through time. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the main things I watched this week that I can talk about. 
Do you uh, got anything else? Uh, I um I watched a bunch of videos on the Botbender Orange Botbender Orange channel yeah. on YouTube, and um this is fan transformations or fan combinations for Transformers. Oh, figures. So uh, this sort of came up because I was looking for something else entirely. Um, they uh, there's been a whole bunch of Junkion Transformers. Yeah, uh, in the last year or two, they have this beautiful, uh, like slightly Mad Max aesthetic to mm. them. Um, I'm not really a big fan of of cars of of most kind of toys. Of all the Transformers, I've usually avoided things like cars and trucks. Generally, unless they they have a particular particularly ridiculous paint job, because <laughs> um, I do love the colours that make it look like a bowling alley carpet. But um, somebody had pointed out that there was like. Oh yeah, we released all the Junkions, and um, by the way, here's a way you can like put them all together to make Junkosaurus, which is uh, like a dinosaur thing. Mm. And a few people have said like it feels a bit um, like tacked on later on. Yeah, like th- this was never necessarily the idea, but this is certainly a thing you could do with it. And the few people who've made it, a lot of people seem to agree that. It doesn't hold together very well. It doesn't, like, stand up on its own, especially not, like, the way it was posed. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were also kind of upset that you need two of one of the figures that makes Uh. up its arm. Uh, Like, most people aren't going to be doing that. Like, weirdly, I have recently encountered a lot of Transformers fans who will buy, like, three of everything. Mm. Because of just, well, things like this. Weird fan transformations. Yeah. Um, Like, I've had uh, the refractor three-piece kit a while. Yeah. Because uh, I was never going to buy the original um, or, or the the Siege version where it was like, buy three of the same figure and <laughs> they'll kind of look like the thing. It's like, no, I want the one that has all the extra accessories so it looks like a proper cam. Um, mm. But the Junkie Ons is like, well, I've got them. It would be nice to try and stick them together. How will I learn to do this? And yeah. I didn't end up making the the one that had been sort of put out as the, hey, it's the combiner you can do with Junkions. It was like a, hey, this is something I've done with most of the Junkions. Uh, so I built it. It's um, it's uh, axle grease, toe line, scrap hook and crash bar together without Trash Master in this like just giant mech. It's a good combiner. It holds together well. Uh, it stands up on my shelf world nicely, Yay. and um, yeah, it was a it was a fun build, even if it was a little bit complicated and occasionally involved watching like half speed videos to to learn this thing. Yeah. Um, it's been quite nice going like, oh yeah, like um, oh, what was it? I I got a bot that was a repaint of something from a while back that came with uh, one of my shattered glass figures. I was like, it it feels a bit. Not good. Like you can take you can take it apart and basically turn it into a gun or a sword or um, like big rocket launchers for um, chassis glass prowl, but it looks kind of bad. And then um, on this channel they were like, "Yeah, if you've got two of those, I don't. I've only got one. You can make uh, this cool. Uh, you can make Astro Train. You know my favorite yeah! Astro Train. Um, the Siege Astro Train. You can make it. It look like." This fucking ridiculous thing is like, cool, I don't have two of them, but I do have one of those, and uh, I can put it at, at a particular angle so that you only need to do one, because it does the <laughs> whole thing on one side. It's like, cool, Astrochain was already big enough, now it's just ridiculous. And, uh, and, and, and yes, 
ri- just ridiculous and fun. It's been nice to just faff around with uh, like mo- a lot of my Transformers and just go, yeah, you know, I've got different ways of doing the thing. So it's been Yay. like a nice little journey of discovery. I, I like the idea of those sort of junk builds. It reminds me of a thing I've wanted to do for a while and eventually I'll find time to do, which is to dig out my box of spare bits that came in Gundam kits and weren't weren't needed for anything. Are you going to um, yeah, just kit bash something? Yeah, just sit and try and kit bash something yeah. and work out if I can make something out of the pieces, uh, the, the many, many loose pieces I've got. Hell yeah. I, I feel like it's got to be doable. I'm curious. I feel like it's going to be a creature made largely of hands and spare guns. I mean, maybe. 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 We'll see. That's fine. Uh, you watched anything else this uh, week? That's, that's pretty much it. Well then. Time for this. <gasps> hey, Laura. Yes? We've got a new sponsor. <gasps> Tell me about our new sponsor. Well, do you have a phone? I do have a phone. I see. There it is. This yeah, it's yeah. very shiny. This is a very shiny new phone. Yeah. You've what, had that what a couple of months? A couple of months, maybe. A couple yeah. of months. Well, yeah. it's obviously time for an upgrade, right? Uh, is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You want the new iPhone? I uh, do. I the new iPhone 15. What? It's lighter. Uh, okay. It's brighter. Yeah. It's bigger. Okay. It folds eight times. And if you've ever tried to fold a piece of paper, you'll know how. Super technological, logical that is. I don't know why I would need it to fold that many times. So that you can fit it in your shoe. Uh, okay. Or up your nose. Uh, okay. Behind your ear. Sure. In the dreams of a small child. I don't need to hide my phone there. <laughs> the iPhone 15 is available now. And it's only four times the price of the last one. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you can apparently fold it up so small you'll never find it again. That's not that's not a that's that's not a feature. It is a feature. It's a feature of you trying to sell me that phone again when I lose it. Well, what if you just fold it up enough that you use it as a as an earphone, like an earbud, and then you unfold it again when you need to be able to see the screen? I don't want to lose my phone in my ear. Well, it doesn't matter anyway, because We've just been sponsored by the new iPhone 16 Plus, Ooh. and that is eight times the price of the last one that you lost down the back of the couch, and I think we're going to have to pay for because we lost the test model. It's fine. We'll give them back nothing and tell them it's the test model. You're a fucking genius. <laughs> I know, right? Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So... I've been working on money-making ventures. Good. Right? I like money. Yeah, I love money. Money's great. You know what, what? else I love, uh, aside from money? More money. More money. Well, you know what Stock else? Stock options. I mean, well, that too. Shares. Well, yeah, I got something in Bonuses. mind. I mean, I got something in mind that uh, that is not those. A yacht. Well, uh, I'm just going to chime in with this okay. one. I enjoy when uh, people play our game at the expense of all other games. Like, they have no time in their life to play other games. Yeah. Because the more time they spend playing our game, the more addictive they'll get, the more they'll buy the loot boxes. Yeah, and and until such time as we have managed to absorb the entire rest of the industry, that uh, that is going to be the best thing. So, I've been working on something that will make us money and get people to play Call of Duty longer so that they spend more money in it. It's more money plus more money. I like more money. Right. So, uh, Here's here's the uh, the plan. We charge customers 
uh, uh, just a little fee, but a little fee every right. time they install our game. Right. You know, yeah. and, you know, the first time, you know, when they buy the game, we make the game like, I don't know, like a dollar cheaper, but we charge them a dollar to uh, install the game, you know, right, right, so that right. like they don't even think about it. Right. Uh, but what I think that's going to create is this idea that uh, you shouldn't uninstall the game to make space for other things you want to play. Right. Because you then you're going to have to pay money to reinstall it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. either they pay to reinstall, you know, to install it multiple times, or they never uninstall it and play Call of Duty forever. Oh, you know, I was on um that uh why the social network. Oh you know, yeah, the good yeah, one, yeah. And everyone's like, why did the name change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my buddy said so. That's why. Anyway, um, so I saw a thing on there recently, and um, there was like a, a capture you had to do in order to uninstall software from your system. Oh, Can yeah. we add that as well? You know, so, oh, would you are you authorizing yourself to remove this? Are you sure? Because this is going to cost you money. This is a protection for you. So you, you're you aware of the situation, you know, and you have to complete the capture. And then we make the c- capture completely impossible for, a, you know, a human being to do by, you know, maybe having it not work full stop then you can pay money to skip that to then pay money to reinstall it you are a fucking genius i know so what have you been listening to what has gone in your ears i listened to a couple of new bits of music uh let me find what i've been listening to uh i listened to a track called nervous system by candy carpenter which is a sort of upbeat, bouncy, femme pop track about physical anxiety and mental health struggles, and the way I put it here was trying to hold your nervous flesh self together. Uh-huh. Um, it's very, I am a creature running on constant fight or flight, and that that is not what my, my, my physical form was designed to handle. Mm. Um, it's a good track, and it does that thing I always enjoy in music where it's like, We've deliberately done a bit of contrast between the topic and the the tone of the music to for some interesting texture. Mm. Um, I also listened to one other track this week I hadn't listened to before. It's called "I'm Not Laughing Anymore" uh, by Left at London. Ooh, I know them. Yeah, so this is like a storytelling track. Um, in that, like, there are sections of this that are not sung that are being delivered as narrative, but they've got the pacing of a joke. And I think that is deliberate in that, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to sort of do a, a, a lead into this. It's got quite a funky beat, but it is telling the story of someone who turns up at a bar and sees their therapist there a couple of drinks deep, and they're having a bad day, so they go and talk to their therapist, who is, like, is not at work at the moment. Mm. And their therapist fairly establishes a boundary and is like, this is not work time, I I need to not engage with you right now. Uh And the sort of events that follow that. It It is kind of heavy in tone, but it's one of the few times I think that, like, people throw around the term dark comedy when they just want to be like, I'm being a dick being edgy. Mm. This is, like, quite a heavy-hitting narrative track, that lands on a punchline. And I think it is one of the few times a punchline like this is like, you know what, actually, you delivered that very well. And it's it's bittersweet, 
but like it it's really interesting use of of form and of using like the sung segments to like carry the energy that helps deliver where the joke lands. Mm. It's a really interesting use of music as art form and one that is not going to be for everyone, but that I really appreciated creatively. I don't know many things comparable to it. Mm. Uh, so those are some things I listened to this week. Ooh. What about you? Well, we listened to uh, some chill hop while we were while we were gaming over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, listened to a couple of mixes on the Mixhound channel. Uh, chill step mix twenty twenty three yellow heart emoji. Ooh. <laughs> They're never particularly interestingly named, but they're, they're, they're good. And it was it was it was nice to listen to some new chill step. Um, and chill step mix two thousand nine two hours. Uh, looks like it's in a wood. This was the one with the maze and the little red rabbit riding hood. Oh, the one image that kept shaking, and you was... were like, mm. <sighs> "It is shaking." Yes, the image is definitely not paused. Yeah, it was shaking, but not enough that it was obvious, but enough that like it kept catching and my brain was confused. I know. Uh, and we also listened to a mix called Ocean, uh, Chill Step Mix 2021, three hours on the Kirin YouTube channel. Yeah, it, was, it was nice to listen to some chill hot well, nice just chill, chill background music while we gamed. Yes, because we've, we've listened to like the Worm soundtrack. A lot. So <laughs> yes, can, we have. You can you can only play so much Hogs of War to an original soundtrack uh, before that before <laughs> that wears off. I have listened to a whole bunch of uh, Magnolia Park. So I was watching a video this morning, and um, it was uh, Jur or Scotty Network yeah. talking. Uh, ba- basically, it was a stitch with someone going like, "Hey, where is all the new rock music?" And just like, "Well." There's a lot of it, and I'm just going to name a bunch off the top of my head, so people are still making it. Yeah, you just go. You just you need just to go out and it. find it. Um, so I, I, the first name I picked randomly out of the list uh, was uh, Magnolia Park. It's got real early 2000s pop punk Ooh. vibes. I was like, this sounds a lot like this, or this, or this, or this, or this. But it's more modern so that is worth an try. Yeah, it has that bounce, that mm. slightly punky, but very, um, like, American California. I'm yeah. angry, but I don't know a lot necessarily to be angry about. Or I'm just a bit sad, and that's okay. Yeah. But I'm going to sing about it in a very upbeat manner. One thing that's, like, been, an, like, an interesting thread through a lot of their tracks is they'll go from, like, rock drums into trap drums. Uh, there'll be like an occasional back, uh, like a l- little drop where they'll break from like just a pop punk track. The drums will go suddenly like the the trap hi hats, and then like there'll be like a slightly more electronic vibe to it for a, for like a few yeah. bars, and then it'll just bounce back. Um, yeah, it's it's good three minute pop punk if if that's what you want to listen yeah. to. Um, yeah, I will listen to more of it. I've not had a, a, a chance to listen to um, and a huge amount, but I've been enjoying it so far. So, and and I will probably listen to yet more of that uh, video from Jer to see like who else is is good to listen to at the moment. Nice, because uh, I'm I'm looking for new music. I realise I'm stagnating, and I'm 43, so I don't want to be. <laughs> Doing what we were talking about last week, we're just like, yes, only the music I listen to between <laughs> the ages of 
13 and 25 I mean, is good like, music. It, it's, it's the reason why I try and find a couple of interesting pieces of music per week to come talk about on this mm-hmm. show. It's a good excuse for me to, like, listen to some things I haven't heard before. Yeah. And to have new things where I'm like, yeah, yeah that one was interesting. I don't have Spotify, so I think for me it's a little bit harder to, to do that kind of thing. And... Bandcamp just doesn't work like that. Yeah. It's like, I want to go somewhere where it plays their artists. Yes. For, for all the problems with Spotify, it sure does do a good job of, here's what you already listened to, try some new things. Right. It's a good way of finding new artists that you can then go purchase their albums elsewhere so they actually get decent money. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that is things that I've listened to this week. Well then, time for this. I've done it. It finally works. It finally works. All of the test data, it came up perfectly. (gasps) Seriously? Absolutely. We have finally managed to revive someone who was backed up on a hard drive. We can bring them back to life in a computer. Their whole personality revived within the computer. You know that test data I've been using of myself? Oh, yes. Had a lovely conversation with myself just now. It's going wonderfully. Oh, we're goodness. ready. To, we can just pull all of those uh, people who have been paying to keep us in 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 storage for years. We can pull them all out. One question, though. Yeah. Yes. You, yes. You know the 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 box with with all 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 the cables in it. I I need a USB uh, oh. E cable. Oh. Yeah, because most of them oh. are were, they're they're quite old. What uh, the um the the box of cables that yes. no one ever uses. Well, uh, yeah, the, I mean, yes, but the, we, the box largely for moments like this. I mean, this. the box that's been labelled. Please, someone get rid of this. No one's using these. Why are these here? Yes, but <sighs> it's just okay. Well, the, do you do you have a USB E cable anywhere? Um, I threw out the box. I when, threw out the box how, of cables. When? When? Could we, it was this y- yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was bin day. It was bin day yesterday. Yes. Yes. And the yes, those will be atomized by now. Janice. Uh... Janice is a Jew from 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 the Tinders. Oh, um, hi. Oh, you look just like your profile picture. I suppose you do too. Yes, well, should we should we get some drinks and maybe some... I would very much like to get some drinks. Um uh, I'll get a water. What, what what can I get you? Um whatever the strongest thing they have, double it. A water and a double goldschlager. So, um So your your profile Yes. Um Outgoing, sporty, that's me. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um you you did have Strong Swimmer. Yeah yes, yes. You did have that picture. Uh I mean all of the pictures on your profile were um you and the headless torso of a human. Oh yeah, everyone who... wants the headless torso. Oh god, I, know, ha- I just... can't believe this is happening Look, again. I'm They're just all... I'm just saying. Yeah, spend one summer with your friend Steve. Yeah, hang uh, out. Your, on your the friend Steve. Your friend Steve put a fish hook through your mouth. I mean, it was it was it was a bit. It was a whole bit. It was you know it was a, we were young. I was still in college and. Well, look, I I just none of your photos were just you. And how how do you even use a phone? I'm really curious. Well, it's a flipper phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
do you want to see more of? Virtual Justice Warriors. Virtual Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, you know... No, I'm, I'm glad the, the heat has broken a little bit, to be honest. Oh, God, same, same. Yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you doing all right? Ah, oh, doing all right, doing yeah. all right. Uh, yeah. I've been... Uh, been been second hand annoyed uh, on some people's behalf. Uh, oh, this yeah, is yeah. Uh, today. I've been uh, uh, it, it has been uh, this has been a long time problem, but I've seen it come up a couple of times today. I've been yeah. seen some people in the uh, accessibility space right. uh, who've uh, been invited to do some uh, some speaking engagements oh, right. at events yeah, yeah. that uh, you know charge pretty big money for tickets. Charge you know charge people to attend. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Not offering any kind of payment to speakers. Right, and this you see this happen sometimes, but specifically you see it happen a lot with uh, minority creators or minority uh, background people being asked to, you know, say, hey, can you educate us on what's going on? Yeah. No, we will not be giving you a, a portion of the money. We are charging people to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it's real, it's real cheeky because a lot of the time it's uh, you know it's, it's it's people trying to. Uh, it's the old exposure argument. It's trying to lever exposure. It's trying to go, well, we recognise that you're trying to see a platform, so you'll do unpaid work for us. You know, you, you don't worry about the fact we're making money off it. Yeah, It's yeah. just really frustrating to see it. Uh, this still is a trend that hasn't died off yet. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I know, know the thing. You know, I've got a couple of uh, friends who are uh, trans women, and uh, recently one of them saying that they're just a... a friend of theirs was like, oh, I've got this uh, queer group at uh, you know, work and I wondered if you'd both be willing to uh, appear for us. And, you know, there wasn't any any sort of explanation. Like, well, what do she's like, what do, what do you want exactly? You, yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah. you know, especially since, you know, one of those, one of those couples does a lot of, like, general speaking engagements, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, goes goes around the world and, and talks about things like that. It's like... Is that the sort of thing you're expecting? Because you know that this is the the sort of work, you know that they do, or or what? You know, and then it was it was it seemed very unclear and generally just. But it's weird, even when people are supposed to be friends, it's like, oh well, you know, there there isn't any budget for this. Well, we just we just like you come and talk to our uh, our queer group. And like, look, I yeah, I'm not opposed to the occasional unpaid, you know, speaking oh, yeah, engagement yeah. sort of thing for like, Especially you know, if, you know, like cherries and yeah, yeah or just, you know, stuff, for, yeah. for the right for the right reasons, you know, sometimes yeah. I do. But like, it's very specifically a different thing when it's like a oh, corporate. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We will be selling tickets. People will be paying money to come yeah, and see. Yeah. No, we will not so much as cover your tra- transport to get there, let alone yeah, actually yeah, pay yeah. you for your time. Um, it's. Come to our convention, appear, speak, you know, give give us a lot of unpaid labour. You know. Exactly. And the amount of these things that run off unpaid labour is uh, is ridiculous. And we yeah. need we need to normalise the idea that uh, it's you know, if you can afford to rent the space you're hosting the event in and, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know, provide catering or security or whatever other things you're doing, yeah. and then you turn around and say, Oh, we don't have a budget for speakers. You can't afford to have speakers if you haven't budgeted for speakers. Yeah, if you yeah. but you wouldn't expect any other professional involved in that event happening to do their labour for no uh, for no work. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, yeah, frequently, yeah. you know, oh, uh, you want to speak about your experiences in your minority community? Well, uh, do it do it for the passion. Yeah. Oh, the exposure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Ugh, this is terrible, mate. 
Hans Young. Oh yeah. <sighs> <sighs> good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Alright, we can go and put the kettle on. Oh, sounds like a plan. Oh, it's nice. So, Laura. Yeah. You do things. Sometimes you can talk about those things. I do stuff and sometimes I can talk about that stuff. Tell us about the places where people can hear about the things that you talk about that isn't this place. I mean, uh, Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, t- Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. I think I said them in a different order this week. <gasps> oh, I know, right? <sighs> uh, Blue Sky Mastodon. Just Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Um, this week there will be an episode of Access Ability going up that is about a uh, five-day early premium edition, early access, FOMO, get it, get it now, pay extra, go! Uh, as a monetization strategy for video games and why that's not particularly accessible. So look forward to that this week. Uh, I think that's the big one. What about you? What are you, uh, what are you, where can you be found on the internet? Well, if you are someone who wants early access to Crew of Pleasant Strangers, <laughs> I've got a Patreon. I mean, look, that's, that's different. You know that's different. <laughs> it's freely available to everyone eventually. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to help support me a little bit more, anyway, that Patreon is patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify the exhaustion and the brain. Um, yeah, I also have a link tree, it's linktr.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find t-shirts, music, all the sorts of things that I like to do, all the places I can be found at the moment, not nearly as many as you. Uh, but yeah, those are all the things. Laura! <gasps> yes? Please sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>